Yo, Trey. Kevin, what's up, man? You know, I've been thinking, what would have happened if the NBA never vetoes the Chris Paul trade to the Lakers and we get CP3 in the same backcourt as Kobe in L.A.? Well, you get a very happy Jack Nicholson, for sure. And the Lakers probably win a bunch more championships. CP3 finally gets a ring or two or three. And the Kardashian empire is forever altered. What did you just say? Hey, everybody, I'm Trey Wingo. And I'm Kevin Frazier, and we're teaming up on a new weekly sports podcast from Wondery Alternate Routes. As former sports center anchors and current sports obsessives, we're consumed by all the what-if questions that make being a sports fan so excruciatingly fun. If you're like us, then you also live and die on the fallout from every drop pass. Or play call. Each week on Alternate Routes, we'll take a flashpoint in sports, break down what actually happened, then explore every alternate scenario and the ripple effects it would have caused. Follow Alternate Routes on the Wondery app or wherever you get your podcasts. You can listen early and ad-free right now by joining Wondery Plus. Passion drive and patience what brings home the winning trophy is also what keeps your ride or die alive ebay motors has everything you need to maintain your vehicle and level it up to peak performance from superchargers roof racks exhaust kits led headlights and more whether you're into speed power or style ebay motors has got you covered with over 122 million parts for your number one ride or die you'll always find exactly what you're looking for and with ebay guaranteed fit your part is guaranteed to fit your ride every time or your money back. Because with eBay Motors, you're burning rubber, not cash. With all the parts you need at the prices you want, it's easy to turn your car into the MVP and bring home that win. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. I think I think Brian's really just so depressed and dejected from all these blown leads that he's like, guys, I'm going to need another couple of days. Yes, yes. Brian tends to be um, the negative one, except for it's Ben Scott recently. I feel like you've turned. It's like when when you have a friend. It's like that episode of The Office where Michael starts like Pam was freaking out, but then she has to be calm because Michael starts freaking out. It's like one person has to get their shit together to calm the other one down. <laughs> yeah, well, the, you know what's weird? Like the dynamic, it changes because. On on here, Brian is going to be the, like the more pessimistic one, and we get, we have to reel him back in sometimes. But then I feel like on Sunday skate, it's like you're, it's not going to be you, it's not going to be Razor. So it's like I'm free to just like let that side take over on Sunday his morning. Bad boy, he's ready to let his bad boy out. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, and, and like especially like Sunday mornings like 11 hours after they blow that game in Vancouver and it's like you know it's not I'm still feeling it you know like yeah, I there's no recovery time and you know? and you know what I have a feeling this podcast could go like that too because you haven't had a lot of time to recover from that game last night uh in Seattle that ended at 1 a.m again um of course every Every game that starts at 10 p.m. gotta go overtime shootout. Can't you know? Just just can't well, go to just, bed. Yeah. That's just every Bruins game. Period. Now. Yeah, yeah, you're, no, they're all gonna, gonna go to overtime. Spoiler alert: If you uh, recorded it and then you woke up in the morning, first of all, good for you. You didn't stay up till one in the morning. Second of all, it was a very long recording, and um, I'm sorry if you got to the ending and were disappointed by the results, which uh, we will get into. So um, we we actually disagree about, like, though we agree that 
this road trip has been like very frustrating in a lot of ways. And, and we, we, we agree on certain things that have gone wrong and, and that need to get fixed. We also disagree a lot about a few things from last night's game in Seattle. So, um, or at least in a nuanced way. So I'll start with my opening shift and um, then we can debate it after because Scott already tried to debate me on it before we even start recording. So uh, what I was saying to him was like my main takeaway, like when I think back on the game against Seattle, there were a few different times where it was like, okay, this is it. Like, here they are, they're back. And then it was no. It was like, okay, strong first period. Great. Okay, second period. Good. Like, they have a lead and then all of a sudden it's the same old crap. You know, it's, it's the same, same, you know what, different day. And, and then, but then like, okay, posture dog scores a hat trick and you're, you're back like, great, <laughs> here we go again. This could be it. And then it was, it was an emotional roller coaster for people who haven't given up yet. Right. So I sit there and I, and I watch the games now for like, is this the moment that things get back on track? And it could be anything from like an um, like something emotional, like like that Morgan Geeky goal that called got called back. I was, I think it was a stupid call, but I also really felt like it it could have been a a boost emotionally for the Bruins because it meant something to him and the little girl that um was there that that he helped with her, um tr- help get her a bone marrow transplant and like there was a really nice story about how you know him and and his connection. Obviously, he played in Seattle, but his connection to that little girl that um, had cancer and, and, um, and you could just see on his face that that goal meant more to him than any other time. Like never seen him that emotional after a goal. And um, it was, it could have been a significant moment, maybe boost the energy, um, give some emotion to the team. And then it gets called back. And so you're like, Oh, that's great. And you're cheering or whatever, if you're a Bruins fan and then you're right back down to, I went from being like, that's a great moment. Cause they showed the little girl super excited. It, I was like, this is a great moment. And then I went from that to screaming at my TV so, and it was very late and I was very grumpy already. So that's all to say it was a roller coaster in the same way. Most of the games have been since the, since the road trip started. And just when you think there's going to be this moment that things get back can get back on track and you can build off of it just goes the other way again see that's why you should just give up hope like i have mr sassy again now yeah i mean we'll get into it more but like uh, at second intermission they're playing well they're up to one and there was no doubt in my mind that they were going to blow that that at the very least that it was going to end up tied at some point in the third period and then, you know, see what happens from there. Like, maybe they still find a way to win in regulation, although they haven't done that recently. They've now gone nine games without winning in regulation. Uh, so, you know, that's not good. Um, but, yeah, we'll get into my, my feelings on the on the game and, and not all these blowing leads. But my opening shift is uh, building off something that I said on Sunday Skate, which is I feel like this team needs – uh, a real shakeup if they're going to be a legitimate Stanley Cup contender. I, no matter what their record is, no matter what seating they finish with, I, I just have a hard time seeing this team make a deep run as is. I do have a little bit of an addendum to that, which is that I also wouldn't blame Don Sweeney if he decides that 
shaking that there's just not a good way to shake things up and that it's better to just stand pat and retool Scott. in the summer because that would be boring to me. Like I, that's not what I want. Uh, you know, shakeups are, are more exciting to talk about and write about. Um, and I think it would make this team more of a cup contender. But yeah, that's the whole point, Scott. <laughs> yeah, but I, I, like I also acknowledge that for Don Sweeney to do anything is going to be very difficult. Like we've gone over it, and we'll talk about it again before the Mar- March eighth trade deadline. But they have they have very few assets, um, no cap space, so it's it's not going to be easy. And if Sweeney doesn't think there's like enough, if there's like a big enough move out there for him to make that turns him into a cup contender then don't don't just like make moves around yet like don't give up assets for a rental or a depth player something that makes you know a marginal difference either either go big and like try to make this team a a a better looking cup team on the fly or say you know i've done what i can you know we're in cap hell we still are let's you know get back at in the summer Okay, well, you are so hot and cold this week. I don't even know. Like, who is this Scott? Like, I could show up to work tomorrow and you could be like, actually, they should just add a fourth liner. Um, <laughs> no, I think, I, think I'm, the place. Um, I, th- I think I'm out with that. I think it, it either needs to be, it either needs to be go go big or yeah, but j- just just stand pad and save up all your assets for the summer. Uh, you're, you, that's not going to happen. What's that's not going to happen. Gonna ha- it's not going to happen. Which one? The, they're not just going to stand pat. It's just not how that's going to go. I think you're right because I think Sweeney will feel the need to show some level of investment. Like, if nothing else, then to the room. Like, yes. show the guys that you believe in them. But I wonder if, like, secretly he maybe doesn't believe in them. You know you know what I mean? Like, like I wonder if part of him feels the same way I do, which is, like, this team is at least one big move away. And if you can't make that big move, like what are you really doing? Like, are you giving up a second round pick for a fourth liner? Like what, you know, what does that really accomplish? It's not that you can't make a big move. It's that you have, it's what it's going to take, right? Like it's going to take trading Allmark or DeBrusque. Like it's going to take that. So it's not that it can't happen. It's that you have to convince yourself that you're comfortable with parting ways with someone that you weren't originally thinking you would have to if if the team didn't look like it needed such a big shakeup. So it's I personally side on, like, based on history and, and the way that Don Sweeney operates at the trade deadline, that he is more likely to go do something that surprises people and trade someone off the active roster or, you know, make a a bigger move than people are expecting. And that maybe we haven't even thought of, you know, the stuff that goes on behind closed doors. But I think that's more likely than him just doing nothing like, or just like trading a fourth liner for, you know, trading for a fourth liner for a mid round or late round draft pick or um, swapping guys that are bottom, bottom six or, you know, fourth liners or whatever. I I think that they're gonna they're they're more likely to do something big than they are to do nothing at all because that's just not I don't think that's how Don Sweeney works 
I don't think Don Sweeney counts them out for the whole season that they're they're not going to be able to make a deep playoff run. They were in first place, <laughs> Scott. Do you remember they, that? They still are. They, That's what I'm talking about. They, they still have the best record in the Eastern Conference. They're, so you're like not a not a cup contender. Like I know you and your freaking analytics. What are you going to hit me with now? With with some deep stats and the Corsi percentage, whatever. Okay, here's one. Here's a fun one. Of the 16 teams currently in the playoffs, they rank 15th in high danger chances allowed. Old man winter here. If I had it my way, it would stay winter all year long. Short days, wind chill, black ice, and a good polar vortex. (laughs) Heaven. Wait, is it getting warm in here? Your cold snap is over, old man winter. Spring has arrived. Spring. Spring is here, which means it's the perfect time to get away in the Hyundai you've always wanted. Visit the Hyundai Getaway Sales Event, where you can get great deals on all of our award-winning Hyundai models, like the tech-filled Tucson and Kona, as well as the spacious Palisade. Enjoy wherever you go with the peace of mind that comes with America's best warranty and three years or 36,000 miles of complimentary maintenance. But hurry in. These deals won't last. Add more joy to your journey at the Hyundai Getaway Sales Event. Now get 0% APR or up to 1500 bonus cash on the Hyundai Tucson. Now, during the Hyundai Getaway Sales Event. Offers end soon. Call 562-314-4603 for details. Is that supposed to change my mind? <laughs> well, it says that 14 of the 16 playoff teams are better than them at not giving up high danger chances. Here, here's another one. When this ties into the blowing leads, playing with the lead this year of the, they rank 22nd in the NHL and Corsi when they're playing with the lead of the 16 playoff teams, they rank 14. We can go through all the blown lead stats. They have the worst record among playoff teams when leading after two periods. Um, Eight. They're now what? Nine losses when leading after two periods, most in the NHL. Like, all all this stuff I just think is too much to overcome. Like, it's not even like they're playing good hockey and just having bad luck. Like, they legitimately just play like crap when they have the lead in the third period. It's legitimately bad hockey. You do not think it's fixable at all. Like, you've gone to the point where this is just not fixable for you. How many? We're what? Four months into the season? And I I haven't seen this every month. I haven't seen any improvement. Like every time it looked like they were maybe turning a corner, they take a step back. So, you know, now we're less than two weeks from the trade deadline, really just a little over a week. Like, I don't know. How how long am I supposed to wait for them to turn it around and figure it out? Everybody knows there's ebbs and flows to a season and there are obstacles that you have to get over. And it's not the same team last year that didn't have any obstacles really. Um, this is what the, this is just what happens. Like it, there, but it's, it's not really... happening to the other top teams in the league. The other top teams in the league yeah, are but, closing out games. Yes, but they're still finding a way to stay in first place. Like th- that's because the all thing. these games that go to overtime, they still get a point. Which, yeah. by the way, completely separate. But the NHL needs to go to a three-point system. Like it, the loser point is so stupid. You get three points for a regulation win. Two for an overtime or shootout win, one for overtime or shootout loss, zero regulation loss. Like, yeah, that's call. That's what they do in college. So yeah, because like, so we look at this road trip, and 
I even heard like some of the Bruins players saying after the game, like, well, we got five of eight points. And it's like, does that feel like a five out of eight road trip? Like, do, do you look at that road trip where they go one Oh and three and think, yeah, that was better than 50%. No, like, so if you had the three point system, it would be five out of 12, which sounds more like how that what road they trip deserve. Happened. Yeah. Yeah. And, and like, to your point, I'll give you this one, because if we're talking about like what happens in the playoffs, if they, they go to overtime and if they so if this road trip was like the result of, of a playoff series so starting about starting with the four games with the Oilers so they win game one they go to overtime lose game two go to overtime lose game three go to overtime lose game four so they're at this point they would be in a hole a uh, where they would be down three to one in a playoff series if if it was playoff rules, right? Like we're not we're, overtime losses don't get you shit in the playoffs. So I mean, you don't get a point for that. So um, uh, I, yeah. have some, I have something else I want to get off my chest on, on that too. So I've heard this now like multiple times about, you know, cause the Bruins obviously pretty clearly suck at three on three um, or have for most of the season. And it's like, well, good thing that you don't have to play three and three overtime in the playoffs. And it's like, yeah, but, like, is it supposed to be comforting that, okay, oh, well, if you blow a third-period lead in, in the playoffs and go to overtime, at least it's five-on-five. Five. And I'm like, I don't know. Have you watched playoff hockey? Because it's still a crapshoot. Like, it's still a 50-50 proposition. It still just takes one play, one bounce, one mistake. So, like, the whole idea is you got to close these games out in regulation. And whether overtime's three-on-three three or five-on-five, five, like, that remains true. The The bigger problem, like, yeah, I don't care that they stink at three on three, like whatever. The bigger problem is that they keep ending up there because they keep blowing these leads. Yeah. And, and to that point, if you can't hold a lead, I, I, I guess there is a difference between six on five and five on five. Like they're, they're struggling when they're the extra attackers on the ice. And um, obviously that wasn't the case last game, but we've seen it crop up and we talked about it on Sunday skate with razor, but like five on five, they're not holding leads. Like they're giving up goals in in the late stages. And um, yeah. And, and by the way, you're not going to overtime. Most games that you, you play like they did against Seattle in the third period, because you're not getting a, hat trick from David Pasternak every game or at least we thought it was a hat trick from David Pasternak um but that's a separate story but like you're not always gonna get a three goal performance from your or a two goal performance from your best player um that's just not gonna happen for you every game like sometimes you rely too much on on that and goaltending to bail you out and that is where I do think there's a problem like I'm not saying that that this road trip has shown me like positive signs. Really. I'm just saying, I don't, I think it's too soon to just completely jump off the boat. Like Scott is, um, have fun in the ocean, Scott, like I'll throw you a life raft if you want to come back at some point, but, uh, I'm, I'm not ready to be like, Oh yeah, nope. Done. Season's over. Like you remind me of some, per- some radio personalities that I usually argue with in the hallways. Um, <laughs> I don't don't agree with. I I understand anything can happen in the playoffs, and there's been plenty of teams that aren't playing great when the playoffs start and end up making deep runs. And like 
the the 2011 Bruins had like they slumped pretty close to the end of the regular season. Like they 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 had a bit of a dip. Like I want to say late March, maybe even into early April, and then even felt you know even fall behind 2-0 to the Canadians in the first round, and then wake up and start going. So I get that it can happen. So I don't totally rule that out. It just doesn't seem especially like like. I just can't ignore this big flashing sign every time they blow a lead and be like, Oh no, that'll be fine. Like, don't, don't worry about that guys. Like I'm sure they'll figure it out. And it's like, no, you know, at some point it's like, you got to look at the sign and be like, Hmm. I don't know. Maybe I should actually pay attention to that because it's not stopping. You want to know what, what I like about Sunday skate? It's like me and Razor versus you most of the time. So, like, I feel like we we get to we 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 get to stick together. And he's not here right now, but I know he would be saying, "What the hell, Scott? Give it up already." <laughs> he's because, by the way, his tone was that he was not worried. Right? It was like put pump the brakes on this hysteria over, um, you know, losing a few overtime games, shootout games on the road trip, um. He's the opposite of you. He also obviously comes from a completely different background. Um, where well, he's he's Canadian. He's just he's just too nice. I'm, uh, but, but I, even but even with that though, like even Razor acknowledged there is, you know, a lot to fix here, and like we can nobody go over said it, but... there wasn't anything to fix. The question is, is it fixable before the playoffs and for the playoffs? That's the difference. Yeah, and, and to me, like, without some sort of shakeup to the roster, it feels like a lot. It feels like a lot that has to get fixed. Like, I I think that they, they play way too passive when they have the lead. They end up trapped in their own zone at, you know, third period last night. Like, you are you think, you know, you're playing well, you have the lead, final game of the road trip, like, come out, leave it all on the line. Seattle gets the first nine shots on goal yeah. of the third period. Like it just can't happen. They can't get out of their own zone. Yeah. It, Covering, leaving guys uncovered in front of the net remains a problem. Like the Oliver Bjorkstrand goal that made it three, two Seattle. He just finds a soft spot between Grizzly and Carlo and gets the tip. And it's like, that's happened too much. And there was another that the game tying goal. So third period starts. Bruins get outshot nine to nothing. One of those shots goes in the back of the net. Geeky loses a face off and, and Dunn scored to tie it to two. So we're, we're following this theme of face off losses that within the next 30 seconds end up. I think, I think it was actually Frederick that, that lost that. Face-off. Oh, was it Frederick? Yeah. Was well, it's another face off loss. And, and it's been different people at different times. It was Zaka. It was, you know, it, the only one it seems to not happen to too much is Charlie Coyle, but it's still, you know, it's these face-off losses that in the D zone that are turning into, and it's a it's a lot of point shots that are finding it their way through, whether redirected or noticed that as a theme recently as well. But they're missing they're missing a forward. Like, do you do you at least you might not agree, but I fall back in the camp of forward is the place to target if you're going to do something big um like if we're talking about a real big move that's gonna save it like 
I I still lean towards left shot defenseman as more of a need, but but think about yeah, what's been like killing the, them. In this what is kind of the point of like out? this is kind of the point of like needing a lot though, because yeah, I do think they need another score. Like one of one of the problems here, and you mentioned them being too reliant on Pasternak. Too many guys have gone quiet. Too many of their forwards are have gone like way too quiet right now. Like I. I had the numbers, but Brad Marsh and one goal in the last nine games. Pavel Zaka, none in the last nine. Jake DeBrusque, one in the last 13. Trent Frederick, two in the last 12. Morgan Geeky, two in the last 22. Danton Heinen, one in the last nine. James Van Riemsdyk, zero points in the last five games. Like, the you know, the fourth line, the call-ups, I think they continue to be fine. Your Boakvist, Richard, mm-hmm. Brazo, no issue with the way those guys are playing. Pasternak's still you know, doing, doing his thing, carrying the load. Coyle has three goals in the last three games. Like I'll, he's fine. I have no issue with him right now, but the rest of that, that group, like that's seven forwards in your top nine that are just too quiet right now. And it's like, if, if even a couple of them are going, then maybe you extend some of these leads and we're not talking about it coming down to the wire and and getting to overtime, man. DeBrusque had a breakaway you should have scored on. Mm-hmm. <laughs> that one was rough. And that's another moment where you like, so like as a broadcaster, I also see the game. Like I have to see it emotionally, right? Because I'm supposed to bring emotion to a broadcast. So I'm supposed to like, when I see Jake DeBrusque going a clear breakaway, my mind is going like, ele- like this is an elevated situation where this could lead to, to a goal. This could lead to it. Like, something exciting and then it's another dud like this is what i'm what i'm saying like i have to watch it a certain way where my emotions follow the action and it's for both teams um just as a mental exercise that i do in order to you know be a better broadcaster so then you you have that and then you it drops right um and unfortunately for the bruins it's not been you know extending those or finishing those chances where you would you would get heightened and then you would expect a payoff and then there's no payoff presented by t-mobile the official wireless partner of odyssey sports with an awesome network and great savings there's never been a better time to join t-mobile visit your neighborhood store to make the switch today